What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have Jay Cohen, owner of... Locomotion Fitness and Park Circle CrossFit. Yeah, there was too much for me to handle. I didn't know. <laughs> I was going to mess something up for sure. So Let I was like, roll. you, you <laughs> just go with it. Oh, crap. I panicked a little bit. <laughs> that was good. So, yeah, Jay and I know each other, um, you know, fairly well. And um, I definitely think he has an interesting story to tell, which I only probably know a small percentage of it. So I definitely want to get into that first because I feel like, Fitness maybe wasn't your first thing, so to speak, and you kind of now um, have used, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, kind of used all the things that have kind of happened in your past, good and bad, and now have created this really awesome foundation community and like passion in life for what you're doing now, which is kind of health and fitness. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go back, um, we'll go way back. So I grew up uh, playing sports every single day of my life. Um, I come from a, a a town about 30 minutes outside of Boston. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to grow up with a neighborhood that had like 10 kids all around the same age. And literally every single day was figuring out what sport we were going to play that day from like seven on. Basically we got out of school, we played until the lights went off. Um, we played football and baseball and basketball and roller hockey, like literally everything. And so that was sort of how I, or when I fell in love with sport. Um, Got a little bit more serious with baseball from there. That was sort of the main sport that I wound up following along with, um, you know, played through high school, some college, um, and, and, and just loved it. Uh, in high school, got into a little bit of trouble. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, and didn't we all some, <laughs> some more degrees than others and that's okay. Yep. And, <laughs> and so that led me to joining the Marine Corps. Um, that was 2006 that that happened. Was that self-imposed? That was self-imposed. Yes. Uh, okay. Wasn't quite that bad yeah. <laughs> that, that the yeah. judge made me go. Right. Well, um, I mean, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like other people in your world and they encourage you to do it and you're kind of like begrudgingly go, but this is like, oh crap, things aren't going a certain way that I planned and now I need to redirect and this is the best thing for me now. Sure. Yeah. And it was really, um, I think everybody was happy that I made that decision, Yep. but nobody was forcing me to make that okay. decision. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Just curious. Go yeah. Yep. So I was 21 at that point. Um, and, and it was a life changing experience for me, which I'm sure it is for a lot of people that go through Marine Corps boot camp. Um, it, it just totally changed my path and flipped my mindset and made me realize that I was way stronger than I thought that I was. Um, and, and so in, in the Marine Corps, uh, one of my first gunnies was a CrossFitter and this was 2007. Uh, and we all did Cindy together, a platoon of like 45 Marines. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, we get done with that 20 minutes. For those of you that don't know, yeah. Cindy is a uh, 20 minute AMRAP. AMRAP stands for as many rounds as possible. 
um, of five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats. So we got done with that 20 minutes of work and this is not like we're it's the Marine Corps, right? So it's a bunch of relatively fit dudes. That, you guys run, you guys do push-ups, you guys do pull-ups. Yeah. And, yeah. And There's some standards there. Lots of testosterone flying yeah. around, like everybody's trying to show out. And I just remember being done and everybody just laid out on their back. And I'm looking around like, what the hell was that? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? Right. Um, and so that's when I really started my deep dive into CrossFit it was 2007. Um, started coaching people just at the gym, sort of on base, not formally in 2008. Um, and, and we got a pretty good little military affiliate there that, you know, talked the Marine Corps into buying some CrossFit gear. At this point, CrossFit was still super young. Rogue was super young. Uh, so we just got some equipment, made it happen. Um, and then started formally coaching other people in 2010. That was my job in the Marine Corps for the last year or so that I was in. Oh, okay. Really? Um, and, and so that's when I really started coaching people big time. So I've been at it about 10 years now. Um, you know, old school CrossFitter. So I, I love CrossFit for the sake of um, being able to get outside of the gym and enjoy your fitness, right? I could really care less if you get a faster fran time or if your back squats 400 pounds or if you can rub them run a mile in sub six i'm here to to have some community get together with some friends and and just throw down have fun and, and make it make it a good time uh so after the marine corps came to charleston and finished up my degree at the college what um, degree was that finance finance actually yeah so okay. biz, business degree and i was steps away from um going to Wall Street, actually. Had a, had a job offer from Credit Suisse on Wall Street. Doing um, what? Uh, being a, an, an investment broker. Weird, just yeah, like a ground Just like an level. analyst, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Uh, but one of the reasons I got out of the Marine Corps is I was just working way too much, uh, and they were very honest in saying, look, first three years, you're gonna do 80 to 100 hour weeks, uh, and we just didn't want that. Plus, we got to stay in Charleston. So decided to stay around. Um, Robert Van Newkirk, who owns CrossFit Discovery. Um, I had been coaching there part-time at Discovery Downtown as I was working through my degree. Um, and he asked me to come on full-time as sort of the head coach GM of the downtown facility. So did that. Got some experience in Charleston and, and with some athletes that were not Marines. So got to broaden my horizons there a little bit. Um, you know, fine-tuned my beliefs as a coach and, and what I like to see of my athletes and what I ask of my athletes and what we're really working towards. Um, and then left there in 2016 uh, in search for a, a place to call my own. Um, for a year or so after I left Discovery and before I opened Locomotion Fitness, um, was just seeing clients in my backyard. So I just built out. I remember those videos. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I just built out like a big concrete pad in my backyard, put a pull-up rig back there, barbell, bumpers, med ball. You don't need a lot of people uh, to yeah. have a good workout. Not just at FYI. all. Especially with Cindy, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so, yeah, you know, got, a, got, got some traction there and got some good PT clients. And then we opened up Locomotion in, in 2017, um, which like you said, it was sort of a conglomeration of all the things that I learned along the way. Um, I realized pretty early on that I wanted to fill the gap. Um, I think between, you know, people coming off the couch and somebody who's able to, to crush through, you know, Cindy or some other 
a super high intensity CrossFit workout. Those are the people that I really wanted to focus on and help. Not to say that we don't have a lot of stud athletes. We do, um, but we all have the same goals, which is being in the gym for the sake of being outside of it. Yeah, hundred percent. That's uh, I feel like the evolution of fitness has now, um, maybe not climax, but like has finally reached the point where more and more people are saying that rather than I want a six pack, rather than I want, you know, bigger pecs or rather than I want, um, to be able to curl a certain amount of weight. We finally see this transition over to that. And there's a few things that I want to like circle back to. And I feel like it even relates to this. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I feel like you can tell me if you think this is true or not, but like, I can't almost go anywhere and not see an organized sport thing happening. And I never, and I'm literally saying never, I never see a group of kids in a field just playing a non-organized, no refs, just literally just like tackling each other, playing soccer. I grew up that same way too in a kind of this weird nostalgic moment. I know exactly what that field looked like. It was between two telephone poles. Now I'm looking back, I was like, why was it even mowed? Who mowed that? <laughs> but I mean, whatever, it was mowed and we played soccer, we played football, we played, we played every sport possibly imaginable. And like, it was just like every day, go to the field, whoever showed up, you guys played, you know, street lamps turned on, you basically had to be home. But like, mm -hmm. that doesn't even exist anymore, which kind of sucks, I think. Yeah, I agree. And it's really just, so one of the words or one of the terms that drives me crazy and I use it, so this isn't to say that it, we shouldn't or mm -hmm. but the word play date like that wasn't a thing when I was a kid like you just go and play with people like you just got dude together. I used to go and knock on people's door do you have a child in this right. house I can play with exactly my parents thought I was crazy and I now it's, it's very much like it, everything's pre-planned it's set up because I think it's just a fear thing right we don't want to let our kids wander around the neighborhood um and, and so now it takes planning between parents. And I think that has something. And it's to a do huge with. barrier to entry though. Like, you know I mean? It's the kind of go play with them. I was like, I'd like you to, but I would feel terrible just letting you go over there. I would be embarrassed. Like I can't even let my own son go knock on their kid's door because I have to text the parent first to say if it's okay. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird, you know? And then, you know, we get now really bent out of shape and there's all this early sports specialization stuff that, but like, that's the only way kids can play now. Like there's, it's this really weird double-edged sword. Like, okay, let's not do early sports specialization, but I want them to go play sports. That's the only way they can, you know, right. or I have to schedule. How am I going to schedule a play date with 11 other kids? <laughs> right, like, exactly. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe we should create a, like a close Facebook group. That's yeah. like parents who just want to, let, let their kids, kids play play in the field <laughs> Seriously. you know meet me at the field at six o'clock and i think that's just the value and the importance of you know now okay this is the way things are now whatever yeah and, and so now it's very important to make sure that you as a parent are getting your children into multiple sports early on yeah. you know like making sure that they are able to try a little bit of everything um a, just to, to find the things that they like, right? Like that's super important. That's going to give them a healthy connection to their body and to fitness and, and, and movement. Mm -hmm. um, but, but B, because we, we know that specializing probably isn't the best thing for people that are, are super young, right? Yeah. And so yeah. making sure they have some exposure to some other stuff. Well, that's hard though. It's like, man, everything costs money and then you got a different, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting um, problem to solve. And you're right. It just is what it is. We have to, you know, adapt 
and survive. And I feel like the reason I kind of want to say that, I feel like the same thing kind of happened with the commercialization of fitness as well, right? So the mm-hmm. same thing kind of happened. Like we have to schedule it. We have to be in a group setting. There's so many good things that come with that, right. but also perhaps some some negatives too. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? You can't just like have a garage and just like, you know, go work out in, you know, on a cement block in the back of our house. We need to right. go to this specific which is again good but i guess there's just some maybe some bad stuff yeah and pluses and minuses right like the the not so good part about having to be organized is sometimes it feels forced right like it would be nice to just be able to hang out and like hey i'm gonna call three buddies we're gonna come over we're gonna throw down and you know we'll get a good workout in have a couple beers afterwards but that does happen for some of us right? yeah yeah yeah, absolutely which is kind of fun but then we get the positives too which are you know the i'm a big um Ben Bergeron, Chasing Excellence guy, and, and they have what they call the five factors of health, right? And, and one of those factors is um, relationships, community, right? Yep. And, and uh, that is the good side of it, right? Now we've got 12 other people together and it's other people to talk to and people to connect with and, and to love on and, and make friends yeah. with, right? Be- There's a, yeah. a study uh, that uh, Harvard did on longevity, Um, and in that study, they were looking for the number one factor or the number one correlate to longevity. What thing can we identify that's going to make somebody live the longest? And they looked at, you know, the obvious things like nutrition and training, um, sleep, sleep. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Right. And, and what they found, the number one factor wasn't any of those things that we think about. It was how many relationships that person had in their life. And I don't mean, I'm not talking Facebook friends, I'm not talking Instagram, I'm talking like deep, meaningful, loving relationships. How many of those did each person have? Um, and those are the people, the ones that have the most deep relationships are the ones that live the longest lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we're controlling for factors like smoking or, you know, like that, uh, all else yeah. equal though, those are the people that live much longer. Yeah. I mean, that comes back down to, which is a common theme with a lot of people interview is like that community and that why, like that comes before anything else. Like it's really cool to talk about periodization. It's really cool to talk about proper nutrition and proper sleep and how many hours, but like what is the number one thing? It's that like, yeah, you got to kind of have a reason to live. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like at your core, you have a reason to go do those things. Yep. You know, people always ask me like, what's the best exercise I can do? Or like, well, like I want to start working out five days a week and I'll do this. And it's like, you know, pick the thing that you like to do and you're going to do consistently. I don't really care what it is. Right. It could be spike ball. I just ordered a spike ball today for the club. <laughs> nice. So it's in my head, but like yeah. you can do whatever, just like move your body. And then we can figure out these other details later after your consistency on a regular basis, yep. you know, like that's the piece that's going to matter. Um, for especially the newbies who are kind of just coming in and just like, you know, just learning this stuff. Yeah. And, and that word consistency is as I do this longer and longer and longer, I really think that that is the, the key to the puzzle, right? It is getting in there and, and doing something four to six days a week. Um, it doesn't have to be and shouldn't be high intensity, right? Or maximal intensity every day, but you got to get in there and you got to do something and, and having that community around, like that's the biggest, almost any fitness program is going to work, right? Especially early on. Um, same goes for nutrition, but 
what you need for it to work is compliance. Yeah. I don't care what the thing is, if you're not doing it, if you're not being compliant, it's not gonna happen. And that's why we prioritize having fun and, and having that community at the gym. Because if you're not having fun, you're not going to go and do the thing. And of course, you're not gonna be more fit. You're not mm -hmm. doing the work, right? right? And right. so that is more and more our focus is getting people consistent and highlighting um, the little successes because it success become comes before motivation, not the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. You need small successes to stay motivated. Everyone thinks you need motivation to be successful, but that's just not the case, right? So highlighting that, hey, you're getting a little bit better and you're a little bit faster and a little bit healthier and your body fat's down a little bit. Like the more markers that we can show people that they're progressing, I think the more consistent they're going to be. Yeah, and motiv motivation's transient. Like willpower, it just does not, you know, I don't care who you are, you know, if you have your favorite food and it's bad for you in a room, at a certain point, the willpower is going to go the other mm -hmm. way, right? And yep. so like, yeah, if you, you need to work on those successes and the community and all those little stuff to make sure that that motivation really isn't needed, it just becomes a way of life, right? you know? I mean, that's what we always talk about. It's like, it's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet, yep. right? It's not, you know... Uh, uh, I'm not going to go work out. Like this is what it's going to be like essentially forever. And that's, man, that's got to be number one. I mean, it's just so much emphasis on that. It can't even be um, understated. Yeah, agreed. And and so little spoiler, I know one of the questions you ask is about what books you've read lately. Oh, yeah, spoiler. Uh, All right, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> so, so one that I finished up uh, maybe a week or two ago is called Atomic Habits by James oh, Clear. Dude, that guy's... Uh, squared away. Yeah. Like I need some of that in my life. Yeah. And, and one of the things that he talks about is, um, not necessarily willpower, but designing your environment so that the choices that you need to make that are positive are as easily easy as humanly possible. And the choices that are negative, you need to make those as hard as humanly possible. So an example of this, um, at Boston General, a big hospital in Boston, they were trying to get the nurses and doctors and, and all the people there to drink more water. And the way that it was set up was sort of stations, like buffet stations everywhere with food. And then you got to the end and there was a checkout area. And at the checkout area, there was a cooler that had like soda and, and some bottles of water and all that kind of stuff in it. Um, and all they had to do to increase the amount of water people were drinking is they put water stations at each of the buffet tables. So now somebody can grab a water before they get to the end where they see the soda and they see all the bad stuff, but they've already made the decision and they already have a water on their tray. I forget what the number is, but I think it was like 18% increase in the amount of water that people were drinking simply by setting up the environment in a way that was going to optimize your success, right? This, and this can go for the flip side of that too. Like how can we make things that we don't want to do really difficult? So an example of this in our business, we use um, what's called profit first, which is just a method of accounting, right? Uh, and you take, you have a bunch of different bank accounts, each one with a different title. So one's like expenses, one's payroll, one's affiliation, like whatever, wherever you need to sort of move money to. But there's two accounts, a tax account and a sort of profit distribution account that you set up at a separate bank. And the reason for that is so once that money transfers over, now it's a lot harder. And it also, P.S., I don't have online banking set up. It's a lot harder to steal from that piggy bank, right? Like I'm setting myself up to minimize the negative behavior, the behavior that I don't want to do. Yeah, I do the same thing. Um, 
And it's just so easy to do, like, if you just don't buy unhealthy food, like, mm. you know, mm-hmm. at that moment at night, it's like nine o'clock and you're like, mm, I could really use some whatever ice cream. Yeah. Like if I don't have any in my house, I'm probably not going to get in my car. Even if it's a five minute drive, go buy it and come back. Right. But if it's right there in my freezer, of course I'm going to like, not of course, maybe much more likely to much do it otherwise. Likely. And that's like such an easy thing to implement. It is. You know, and if we just implemented that more often, you know, um, it's just, yeah, it's willpower kind of in the short term, which is always hard for people for that kind of long-term gain. Right. You know, and that we talk about this in business, a lot of business coaching stuff I do, where like, it's that creating an environment of success. That's why people meal prep too, right? Like mm-hmm. I already have my meals made. If mm-hmm. I got literally a salad with chicken sitting in front of my fridge, I'm a lot less likely to go go to get fast food because I have food right here in front of me. If I don't, I need to make the decision of which one should I do, you know? Right, if you've, if you've got a, a uncooked chicken, and uh, you know carrots and peppers and celery and all that stuff not chopped. It's just sitting there, and then you've got. It's this, gonna take forever to cook uh, that. Right, <laughs> and, and then you've got this, you know, uh, protein bar. That's an air quotes for those of you that can't see me. Like some like Nature's Valley like garbage snack. Yeah. Like which one of those are you going to choose if you're exhausted and and. Like, of course you're going to choose the protein bar, right? It's all natural. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why, like, it just need you need to have stuff ready that it needs to be prepared or else you're going to make that at that time, you're going to make the wrong decision because willpower is a fleeting resource, right? There's going to be a time when you just don't have it in you to say no. And so that's why maximizing that setup time or that, that ability to, to prepare is, is the way to go. Yeah. No, if you want to like learn how to create good habits, whether it's like nutrition, food, business, personal life relationships, I haven't read atomic habits, but I've seen a lot of his blogs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like that stuff's awesome. Like I remember learning about decision fatigue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like in the morning you've got to do the stuff that kind of like sucks, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or like early in the week because later down there, you've just made so many decisions. Like this is a real thing. I'm not making this up. This isn't like, oh, just like whatever. Like, no, by the end of the day, you're literally, your brain is fatigued. And if it's got a choice between like what feels good and what's hard to do, it's going to do the thing that feels good. Or it's again, much more likely to do that thing every single time. A hundred percent. And that's why it's, you know, the other thing that he talks about, and this was also in uh, The Power of Habit, who was uh, Charles Duhigg, I think was the author there. Um, and, and he uses the language cue, routine, reward in that book. And then James Clear is similar, but it's like cue, uh, routine, action, reward, or something like that. Pavlov's dog. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, you're not going to change a habit unless you can figure out a way to get the same reward with something else. Right. So we need to identify like, okay, what is the feeling that I am after here? Why am I eating this food or, or why am I making this bad decision? What does it make me feel like? Is it that I'm hungry? Is it that it's 8 PM and I'm just hungry when it gets to be 8 PM? Am I bored? Do I have no one to talk to? Like, like what's the why? What's the cue? That's step one. And then number two, what did, what do I get out of it? What's the feeling that I'm after? Am I am I satiated now? Am I um, on a sugar high? Yeah, like, energized. Like, yeah. Like what is the thing that I'm after? 
then we can sort of reverse engineer our way into, okay, what is the thing that I can do instead, right? Like, okay, it's 8 p.m. is never gonna change, so I need to figure out mm -hmm. that, what, like, what is the action, the routine, and the reward that is gonna mimic what I get out of eating a, a, a bowl of ice cream um, without creating something negative for myself. Yeah. And so maybe that's doing 10 push-ups or going for a walk or maybe it's something not active at all, right? Maybe it's playing video games, but you get that same relaxation and sort of energy spike from doing that. And, and making sure that you have the, the right routine for you and not what you think you should be doing. What you read in Men's Health and Women's Health. <laughs> right, yeah. is super important. Yeah, no, the routine piece is huge because, you know, I, whatever, eating sugar in the evenings is something that I struggle with. And, like, at some point it just becomes a little just habit. Like, you mm -hmm. kind of look and, like, hey, I'm not actually hungry. Hey, I'm not really doing this for an energy spike. It's literally just my brain. You know, it's we are time. creatures of habit, mm -hmm. man. Like, we love... I mean, look at children. They want the same thing at the same time every single day. Adults are really no different. We just have, you know, we're just better at hiding it, I think. Yeah. You know, and if we get a routine, you're just going to get more success and kind of realizing. I love the reward part too. Like, A, what's reward you're seeking because you know you're going to have to replace that. That's the only way for that longevity piece. Mm -hmm. But then also just realizing this is just a routine and I can change my routine, that it's flexible. And as soon as it's, that's a great part. Like, there was a time in my life where like, Going to the gym just wasn't part of my routine. Now, it'd be, it'd been working out for so long, it'd be basically impossible for me to not work out in some capacity. Same. For the rest, like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's basically. It's part of who you are, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, if there's like a, a line in my brain that's like the workout line, like that sucker is so paved and so smooth that it's just like, it's. Yeah, it'd and be that's impossible. one of the really big things that I took out of Atomic Habits actually is um, I never thought of it this way, but you need to not just change the actions that you're doing. You need to change the way that you think about the type of person that you are, right? So I am the type of person that doesn't smoke cigarettes, right? Like it can't be like a you just making the decision to push it off and say no, say no, say no. Like it's the difference between saying, no, I don't want a cigarette and no, I'm not a smoker, right? And making that distinction and making sure that you are acting in line with the type of person that you want to be, like that is the switch that needs to happen. Because if you're constantly, if you're a smoker, but you're just turning down cigarettes, there's going to be a time where willpower is not there yeah. and you're gonna smoke a cigarette. What you need to get in your brain is that, okay, no, I'm not a smoker, right? Like that is not who I am anymore. You have to change it. You have to, yeah. Gotcha. You can't be like, I am a smoker. I need to work around it. It's gotta, I've got to convince myself in a way that I am not a smoker. Right. And I am not doing James Clear any favors in how I described it, but it like, it's no, a no, very it powerful yeah. part of the book. Like yeah. just making that mindset shift of like, I am now this type of person instead of I am this person doing this habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, maybe similar, maybe not. And kind of like, fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yep. you know, it, you have to kind of go all in. You have to, especially when it comes like, you're not going to change the, who you are as a person. We're not trying to say that, but mm -hmm. like, you know, I am a type of person that, that works out five days a week. Right. You know what I mean? Like, is that, and that's who you want to be anyway. It's like, okay, I am not a smoker. That's actually, those are like lifestyle habits that you can change, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like convincing yourself you are that person. And then guess what? If a year down the road you haven't smoked a cigarette or a year down the road you've worked out five days a week, 
all of a sudden you are that per that right, right? And like, that's what i mean like that's, that's what it takes like i was the same way i was i was always I active wand. and always playing sports <laughs> yeah but never did i consider myself like someone who loves to work out right but then you do it and you do it and you do it and like you just said like now i can't imagine not working out for a week or if whatever, i could you know? if, if somebody told me you're not allowed to squat something heavy in a week, I probably would have a mini hair. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you talking about? Like my body it. would crave it like it does food. Like sure. it craves oxygen. It's pretty, yeah, no, it's really. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you how grumpy I am if yeah. I don't go and train, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. How do you, would you say, I mean, you already, you already mentioned a little bit, but maybe to circle back or maybe there's a different way, but like, how do you foster that mindset with the people that you come in contact with? Because there's how many people, right? We're, we're insanely overweight. A lot of us are over obese. We don't exercise enough. So there's a lot of people that probably come in your gym and they just say, all right, here you go. Like, you know, you got that initial week, but like, man, it's gotta be tough. It is. And it's really, um, it comes down to having a lot of conversations about it, right? Like we are constantly talking about mindset and, and, you know, one of my favorites is you don't have to do this. You get to do this, right? If you and That's the same thing you just talked about too. It's like, I am a person that gets to do this. I'm the person right. that has to, you have to change it. You have to reframe it, right? Like I don't have to go get groceries today. I get to go get groceries today. I, there is a whole lot of people out there that wish that they could go get yeah. groceries today and they can. And there's that gratitude stuff too, right? Yeah, like, yeah 100%. Yep. And so it's, it's helping people. A, to realize, we call them bright spots at Locomotion. It's just realizing everyone that comes in for an intro for, with me, I will find two to three things that they're already doing right now. Because that's the hardest part, right? It's just getting the ball rolling. Yeah. Once there's momentum, it's a whole lot easier to keep it. So hey, you're already um, waking up early so you can come in and get a workout in, or you're already drinking water, or you already take the stairs. Yeah, they're usually whatever. doing something. They've found one habit, like, right. oh, I don't drink as much soda anymore. Like, there's something that they've done. You know, I don't drink as much alcohol. Yeah. You know, just on the weekends, I, you know, right. get and, super drunk. And so that's where it starts, right? That's yeah. where we get that mindset to shift is is like, oh, hey, I am doing something that's good for me now. And then we'll talk about the value of using the gym sort of as a, uh, you know, a proxy for life in general. And, and I'm convinced how you act um, in a really tough workout translates really well to how you're going to act in the real world. So if you're the type of person that is getting flustered and frustrated, you're gonna do that when something presents itself in your life that's difficult. If you're the type of person that is shaving reps, right? You are gonna be the type of person that's gonna look for a workaround when you need to just be doing the work. Um, so we talk about that kind of stuff. We talk about um, you know, the, the value of grit and, and pushing through things when they get difficult. It's, it's really just a constant education process. What do you do self-talk wise through a tough workout? I'm very curious because I just had a little introspective moment. I'll tell you mine too. Yeah. I don't know if you can like, you know, there's, there's like for everybody, there's like a struggle point, there's yeah. an inflection point and there's like the other side. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so I have one benefit is that I really see working out as sort of moving meditation for me. It's, it's the, so I'm a, I got a lot going on, I, I, I wife, kids, couple businesses, and it's really my time where my brain can just shut off. Um, and this was not always the case. So when I started working out, it was full of chatter and self-talk. Um, now it's a lot less. So of course I still have those points that I'm like, Oh man, like, yeah. Did you do the last open workout? There's probably a point <laughs> yes, in there. Exactly. Like, 
hmm, um, what am, why am I doing this? And so or what like, I always go to when I get to that place is my breath. Um, breath is sort of will, will center me. And then also baby chunks. So like, okay, I'm going to do the next five. And then I get done with that so five and I'm going to do the next five, right? Like just um, breaking it down, trying to take the end game and break it into the next step. Yeah, no, yeah. I, lo- I love that. I mean, I, again, I was thinking about it as you did that. Like I definitely have almost immediately I get like pissed. I'm just like, what? Like this is not a good idea. And that lasts <laughs> literally like a half a second. Yep. And then immediately I'll kind of be like, man, this is re- actually really fun. Mm-hmm. And then boom, I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm good. Like, yeah. you know, you always, it, I'm sure everybody, you're right, like has that different, some people like they get to that point and they just shut down, Yes. you know, and just slow down, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, I kind of need a minute to kind of be like, to let myself have a little pity party. Sometimes that pity <laughs> yeah. party is longer, depending on how difficult somebody is. Sometimes it's really, really small, but almost immediately I let myself get through that moment. And then after that, it's just like, all right, cool. Let's, let's just embrace the suck, so yeah. to speak, and yeah. just go for it. And a lot of it too, for me, I think the reason that I deal with that a little bit less now is I'm better with like gears, quote unquote, in my training. So like I no longer... So new CrossFit athletes, uh, I'd say most of the members of my gym still, um, and, and probably most athletes out there have two speeds, right? They have go and they have stop. Yeah. Go as hard as you can and then don't do anything because you're dying, yeah. right? Um, and I think it's Chris Hinshaw, I'm pretty sure, who talks a lot about having you know, four or five, six different speeds that you can use in a workout so that you don't redline. Right. And, and, um, somebody asked me the other day, like, do you have any tips on being able to push through the last two minutes of a really hard workout when I feel like I'm dying? And my response was, yeah, pace better before you get there. Like if you're at that point, it's, you went a little bit too far. Yes. We want to be, we're threshold training, right? So we want to be right on the edge of falling off the cliff, but you don't want to go over it. And I feel like a lot of those moments happen because you went over it and now you're having to pull back and, and get your, get yourself together. Before yeah. You yeah. Go. That takes time too. Like, even, oh, yeah. yeah. Even if I've taken like two or three weeks off from a Metcon, we went and did a, a Metcon at a gym recently. And it was just like, I can pace myself pretty well, but like I got very close to that threshold way earlier than typical. You know, I don't think I have six speeds, but I definitely have one where I can, I can almost maintain no matter matter how difficult to work out is. Like I can maintain a certain pace. I have one where I can go a little bit harder if I'm feeling good. And then I have one where I can just sprint through something in three minutes, you know? And so no, that's, that's, I've never really thought about that way because working out really wasn't back in the bodybuilding days and maybe running or whatever mm-hmm. you would do, you'd run as fast as you can, catch your breath and run your fat. That's different when you're doing pushups, pull-ups, right. thrusters, squats, and then running like, cause you can just, yeah, threshold training. I like that. Yeah. A lot. And, it, and it's like, um, I think Hinshaw was talking about, uh, like Rich Froning or Matt Fraser or somebody. And he was literally like, yeah, we work on like 10 or 12 different speeds that they can use for a workout so that they stay right on the edge, right? Because it goes, I mean, the the description that I like to use or the analogy for threshold training is typing, right? So, or shooting is another good one, but we'll go with typing. Right? Yeah, say you're, probably more people type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so say you're learning to type, right? And you're, you're able to type um, 10 words a minute and you'll throw like, you know, three keys in that time. 
if you work down to where, or, or you're always doing those, those same three errors inside the minute, you're never going to get any better. You've got to get to a place where you're doing like 10 errors and now you're at 15 words a minute. And then we can get those 10 errors. We'll stay at 15 words and bring that down to three errors. Right. And then I get that in and now I can go up to 20 words a minute. And now I'm back up to 10 errors again. So now I have to pull that back down to, to only three errors in a minute. And the goal is to, if you're not making some errors when you are working out, and that comes in the form of pacing issues or it comes in the form of um, motor pattern issues, right? And I'm not talking about gross faults here, right? Like I don't, if somebody's rounding their back in a deadlift and it's super heavy, we're going to stop them. Sure. I'm talking about little just waivers, right? Like things that are slightly going wrong in the workout. You should be going to fatigue and it's okay. You're not going to be injured. Well, <laughs> we're good that as the PT, I'm very comfortable saying that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. Especially if you're going sub max, you know what I mean? For weight. But right. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not if you're not pushing that threshold, you're never going to progress, right? And on the flip side of that coin, we also can't push to the thresh past the threshold all the time, right? Now, if I'm typing 10 words a minute and I'm making 100 errors, like, yeah, you might be able to get to 12 words a minute, but nobody's going to read, be able to read what you're writing. And mm-hmm. the same thing goes in, in workout land. Like if you're constantly going too far, that's a recipe for disaster, yeah. right? Like you're, you're going to hurt yourself. That's funny. Like we always make these analogies between fitness if you listen to this podcast and rehab process, but literally the rehab process in associated with threshold training is relatively exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You have an injured athlete. We'll just use their shoulders injured. I'm going to bring them as close as I can to like the threshold, your threshold being cardiovascular endurance, muscle fatigue, mm-hmm. my threshold being typically pain, mm-hmm. inflammation, mm-hmm. you know, reproduction of symptoms, but you're going to get as close as you can. And then you're going to do it again. And eventually that threshold goes a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And eventually that threshold becomes back to the point where they're able to, you know, participate in their activity fully. And then Mm -hmm. guess what? In a perfect world, they go threshold train and increase their fitness. It's that, you know, it was one of my favorite things about the CFL one was that continuum. Mm -hmm. I was like, why? That is the most simple yet genius thing I've ever seen in my life. Like literally it's just a continuum. You know, you have kind of unfit, unhealthy, injured all the way to like perfect, which is like, I'm super fit. I'm super healthy. I'm super happy. And like, where are you in the continuum? Make sure you just take a step forward in that continuum. There's really nothing else. Like there it is at its most simplistic. And like, what should I do? Here's a continuum. Go further in the continuum. Do whatever you can to get to the next piece. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, right? And and we talk about this in our foundation. So one of the big things I think that we do really well at Locomotion is is the education side of things. So there's times where um, we'll take ten minutes in a class and have whiteboard time. Like we're you like I want to make sure that people understand the why. I want to teach them to fish. I don't want to give them to the fish. And and you know. Is that potentially working my way out of a job? Maybe, but I I think it's important and, and people I don't say think people that is always ever... the opposite. Right, always. exactly. The more Same. free stuff I give out and the more information I give, literally I get it back fivefold. Yeah. Like it's I'm telling you, it is a rule to life. You're scared of that, do it right now. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. yeah, agreed. And I yeah. agree. It's a caveat. But yeah. Um 
But yeah, we talk about how you can put any biomarker on that continuum, right? Maybe it's resting heart rate where the, the well person is 72 beats per minute, the fit person is 50 beats per minute, and the sick person is 90 beats per minute. Or maybe it's blood pressure, maybe it's body fat percentage, whatever it is. On one side, we've got you know health, fitness. On the other side, we've got pathology. Um, and and the, the biggest takeaway from that model for me is that fitness is the best possible hedge against sickness that's out there because it is a no continuum. pills work way better. <laughs> because it's a continuum, right? Yes. So I can't get from fit to sick without passing through well. So in other words, I'm going to see if it's resting heart rate or it's body fat percentage. I'm not going to go from 8% to 38% overnight. Right, I'm gonna have to pass through that well marker of 25%, 20% before I get there. And so if we can just make sure that we are healthy, happy, healthy now, it's you bought yourself some time if something does go wrong, right? And that we talk about that a lot. Yeah, I mean, you're it's well said. Like you've got to get through it. It's not a passive thing, it is an active thing. Now we're talking more about the rehab and stuff that right. I, I get passionate about, but like, yeah, you have to work yourself through that continuum and there is, sorry, there is nothing out there. There is no surgery, there is no pill, there is no person, there is no app, there is no whatever that's gonna get you through there that isn't an active thing that's got to, like you have to work through that period. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't mind people using modern medicine and pills and apps and whatever technology to help them to get to the next piece of the team, but it is never gonna be in lieu of. It's never just gonna be that, right? And so, so many people think, oh, I'm just going to get, and I'm sorry if I'm picking on you, I'm just going to get a cortisone shot and keep doing what I'm doing and it's gonna work. Mm -hmm. That's never going to work. Yeah. Things have to change, right? Like I can't keep typing and making 100 errors every single time. I don't care if I take a, you know, a bunch of caffeine, those errors are gonna continue to happen. I need to, change something in order to get to that next piece the continuum like it's yeah it cannot be emphasized if i could scream that <laughs> to the hills you know, and i think a really important piece for people to understand is that you can change you are not stuck where you are i yeah. don't care where you are in life i don't care if you're 75 85 years old i don't care if you whatever it is you can change the question is, are you willing to do the work, right? Like, I don't care what the thing is. I can help a person get from point A to point B, but I, I it's going to take some time yeah. and it's going to take some work. And um, I can't emphasize enough so that, you know, the current healthcare model, uh, basically, you know, we define health or, or wellness as the absence of disease, right? And, That's what this and, podcast is probably <laughs> Right. <laughs> and they, and they, um, the medical community at large is basically saying that there's a couple, you know, there's genetic factors that are contributing to what's going on. Um, and then when something does break, we can give you some medicine to, to fix that thing. Right. And because people see these genetic markers, they just assume that they're doomed, right? Like, Oh, my genetics are bad. So I can't do X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's just, we know that it's just not the case. Right. And, and, uh, if that healthcare model doesn't change, we're going to run into some serious injuries yeah. or some serious issues, excuse me. And, yeah. And I mean, injuries. yeah, no, I mean, it, there's, there's two things usually stopping people. 
you know, in, in exactly what you're talking about, like in thinking that they're stuck and they can't go to the next step. Part of it is kind of what you said, which is like kind of the educate the information that's out there. Part of the reason we want to do this podcast, give people different. So they need to be educated. You know, a lot of people truly think and they've been truly told that they have this certain genetic makeup and they cannot do anything about it. So we have to educate them, hence the whiteboarding sessions, hence the podcast, whatever. They need to educate them that they can make the change. That's obviously the first hurdle. And the second typically is just fear, right? Yeah. So like if you, you know, they get to this inflection point just like in a workout mm-hmm. and you come in and you like hit this giant brick wall and you're like, if I go and leap on the other side, I'm in for a lot of pain mm-hmm. for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I can either A, kind of stay where I am now, it's painful, but like I'm comfortable with it, I'm you know, relatively happy, whatever that means. Or if I go the other side, I know I'm going to be happier, but I'm probably going to be in pain for a very long time. So Mm -hmm. like, do I even want to go on it? That's usually what I've seen. It's usually that fear of like, what's on the other side? You know, am I strong enough? Kind of what you alluded to earlier. Can I actually like what you learned in the Marine Corps, right? Right. It's like, I'm actually strong enough to do this. Most people don't understand that. They, especially when they've been told from other people that it's not even possible. Then they already have their own fear. And then all the other people around them are fearful. It's like, dude, it's so hard nowadays to kind of make it on the other side so you know that's what crossfit's doing it's like they're little silos right little silos like if you come be a part of this community you're going to have people all around you that are making this change that are helping you make this change that are talking about the right things and unfortunately it's just not happening that often anywhere else yeah absolutely. you know where, where else could you find stuff like that like yep. you know there are now more things than crossfit and more fitness communities but like you're not getting it from the healthcare community. Right. Yeah. You're no. not getting it from commercials. You're not getting it anywhere. You're not even getting it from men's health. Mm-hmm. You know, at least not what we're talking about. You're getting very superficial things that, right. you know, it's yeah, filtered in a very negative way, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And and a great resource on this if you are somebody that's stuck in the mindset that you can't do X, Y, and Z or you, you you're not the type of person that goes to the gym um, is, a growth mindset, I think, but well, it, it's oh, fixed and growth. Uh, yeah. Mindset. Fixed and growth mindset that the author's name is Carol Dweck. I'm drawing a blank on what the name of the book is right now, but it's, I in, think that is the name is of the it? book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that's a really good place to go and, and, and just realize that, um, your traits, 99% of them are not fixed right now. Look, if you have, sickle cell anemia, like, okay, there's the rare exception to something that we can't necessarily change, but we can make it a whole lot better. Um, and, and so definitely check that out if you're somebody in that mindset. Yeah. Why don't we instantly segue into what your definition of a healthy person, right? You kind of see them, Whose picture do you see? How? What's their description? Yeah, you know, I'm sure you prep for this since you already listened. <laughs> and and I'm going to take it um, back to the five factors of health here, and okay. it's somebody that is balanced to me among those five factors. Um, and the five factors are training, nutrition, sleep, relationships, and mindset. Right, and so. Um, somebody that is healthy will start with training, uh, is moving their body every day. Uh, and like I said, I don't necessarily need it to be high intensity, but I need you to be moving your body. That could be taking a walking phone call, um, going for a bike ride with your family, whatever, but you're out there moving big, big piece to health. Um, next up is nutrition. 
And honestly, I want you to find whatever works for you, right? We are all so different genetically. Nutrition is a huge part of the puzzle of what we do at Locomotion. Um, we partner with a registered dietitian and we, um, if you want to start at my gym, you have to do a nutrition program along with it. Uh, that it's that important to me because it's, you know, I'd argue it's, it's more important than training. Um, so having nutrition dialed in, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, then next up is sleep. And we talk a lot about this in the gym. Um, sleep is, is a huge piece of the puzzle. Again, another sort of study, I'll give you the abbreviated version, but Harvard again took a bunch of undergrads, sleep deprived them to where they were four hours a night for a few nights and, and almost instantly they were in a pre-diabetic state. Uh, and then the even cooler part, when they let them sleep again, they snap back to normal within two days, right? So get your sleep, especially if you're someone who is trying to lose weight or trying to improve training. Like if it's the choice between doing uh, an extra training session or, or some mobility or whatever and getting the amount of sleep that you need, get your sleep. Yep. Um, then next up is the mindset piece. So this uh, is just being in a positive place right making sure that you are um you're happy and if you're not happy it it it's time to do some digging and figure out why like what is the reason you do not have to be like that there is something in your life uh, that's that's making it uh tough for you and and it's not an easy question to answer and it, it might you might not like the answer uh but we got to make sure that mindset you're happy and you're focused and you have grit and tenacity and um and I want you to think that no matter what thing is put in front of you, you're capable of doing it, right? It might not be right away. You might need three years to figure it out, but at some point you're going to be able to do that thing. Uh, relationships. I want you to have healthy, happy relationships, um, whether that be your spouse or significant other, uh, friends, people from the gym, uh, church, whatever. I need you to have some good, healthy relationships in, in your life. Uh, and that's the fifth one, right? I think that was all yeah, five. <laughs> I think you covered it. So that is what I'm looking for. Sort of like we have the, the 10 general physical skills in, in CrossFit. I want balance among your five factors and whatever one of those is the weakest link, that should be the thing you're working on. Yeah, that's I, I was thinking about this recently because obviously mindset and mental health has come up as another theme um, that's been so related to health and fitness and everything else. I think it's very, very much that's the taboo subject right now like right like um okay i'm not happy what do i do now you know what i mean like do i go see a psychologist like that's still probably like a, something that somebody would be embarrassed to talk about sure, right yeah. so like us as physical therapists we we end up becoming people's you know psychologists Same. you as a coach yeah. become you know what i mean so and that's a great place to start but like you know, we, people are now finally starting to talk about meditation. Mm -hmm. They're so it is mindfulness and these things are slowly creeping up. But like, I think that's the last one we can put in people's face. You need to sleep more. We can put in people's face. They shouldn't need it. But like, can you put in people's face? Like, Hey, you're not freaking happy. Go do something about it. Yeah. That's <laughs> like the most difficult conversation it to have, is. but arguably what we just talked about, it's the most important yep. because if you don't do that one, none of these other four, you know, whatever you call them uh, five factors of health yeah the other yeah. four factors of health will will continue to fail because they cannot happen long term unless you're doing it from a place of happiness yeah you know and and all those things can hopefully feed into the mental health side but not always sometimes right. you got to tackle that stuff yeah and i feel like on. it's um 
it's about giving people a framework that they can use to shift their mindset. Yeah. Uh, so for us, we talk a lot about stoic philosophy. I'm, I go deep down that rabbit hole. And so that is another where, podcast. Yeah. Obstacle is the way. That's a great way to start. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and that is where like I'll, I'll encourage people to do a lot of sort of stoic philosophy work and, and just figure out how that they can be in control of their emotions. Cause that's honestly like worrying about the things that you can control and forgetting about the things that you can't. That to me is like step one, like let's focus. Cause if, if you can't control an outcome, there's nothing you can do. Like there's no reason to get right. ridiculously upset. You, it was out of your control. Um, so let's focus on the things we can change yeah. and, and not worry about the things yeah. we can Yeah, those people in the car that just like get mad and I get it. I get mad in the car too, but I mean, like it's traffic. Like what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Like I don't know, you know, I was driving from Columbia and we're in a big U-Haul. We did this Special Olympics event. I'm in the left lane. You know, I have maybe like two or three car lengths because I'm in U-Haul and I want to tailgate somebody and people just keep like going around me and mm. passing me over and over. I'm just like, all right, I keep going back and back. I just don't like under, like there's... 40 cars in front of me. Where are you going? You know, know what I mean? So, that, yeah, that's another ridiculous. tangent for another day. <laughs> All right, let's go. That was uh, That is not the rabbit hole I thought we were going to go down, but I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's go through some Spitfire stuff real quick. Sure. Okay. What are you best at? Um, I'm going to say leadership, leading others. Yeah, obviously. You've done you know, pretty well with locomotion. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and again, Marine Corps was the big factor there. Yeah. Uh, and, and just continuing to do work on leadership. So the, the book I'm reading right now, Dare to Lead with Brene Brown or by Brene Brown is, I'm big on leadership. Okay, very cool. What do you struggle with? What do you suck at, Jay? Uh, I would probably say tact would be my big thing. I, I'm super passionate about what I do and sometimes the filter doesn't kick in fast enough. Um, I'm realizing and doing more and more work on um, the fact that words are powerful, right? Especially for someone like me who's in a position of authority, quote unquote, over this flock of people. Like the, the, the words that I say matter. Um, and so I have the tendency to, to be a little rough around the edges. And, mm-hmm. and I think that um, people can take that the wrong way sometimes. And so that's one of the things I'm working on. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, we've, we've learned that as physical therapists that we the things that we say to people like they can remember that forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we definitely get these people like, oh, you know, my, um, whatever, my rib gets out of place or like, you know, we're, we're a lot of misnomers. I'm not going to attack anybody today. We're in a good place right now. <laughs> I feel great. So much. But I mean, you know, yeah, what we say matters. And like, you've really just got to um, understand that people, even if you don't think they're listening, like they're listening sometimes yeah. and just being very, very aware of, of, if that's empathy, if that's whatever, right? Being aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. um, super important. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, what's the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? You can pick one thing only. Um, I would say find a good coach. Um, you need a guide on this path because there's going to be things that you don't want to do that you need to do. There's going to be things that you need to prioritize that you just don't know about. Um, so finding somebody that can guide you along the way, somebody that's done it before, somebody that um, has successes 
uh, and knows the path, I think is probably the most valuable thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think we talked maybe last time or not. I don't remember. But like, yeah, if that's a mentor or a coach, like somebody that's going to like hold you accountable, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to get you from step A to, you know, step B. Like another thing is that that fear base too. Like I remember first time I got a business coach or like now I'm doing actual like online programming. It's like, it's scary because like, if you don't put like if you don't do what they say, like somebody's going to be upset, right? You know, yeah, and so absolutely. like God, that it just cannot be understated. Like and that's really the big thing in our nutrition program or nutrition in general. Like I feel like we're at a point now. Ten years ago, probably not, but I feel like we're at a point now where most people know what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, 100 percent. Right. The question is: Is somebody holding your feet to the fire and making sure that you do that thing? Are you in somebody else's schedule? Are they hitting you up on the phone and being like, "Hey, did you prep your food today?" Um, it's are, just too easy you, not to do that. Right. Like it's the environment is not made for success when it comes to nutrition, and that exactly. will not change unless you're going to move somewhere where there is not a. No, McDonald's. there's too much money in it. Yeah. It will not change ever. Right. Like the there there's too much money. There's literally guys out there that are trying to figure out exactly the right place in the store to put this candy bar that makes it most likely for you to buy it. Like right. the whole food world is They're out way there smarter than us. Sorry. And they have way more money than we do. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. What's our audience and what, what is McDonald's audience? Exactly. Like it's just never, I can never compare. Exactly. Yeah. So change it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go through some fun ones. We're okay. already uh, running out of time. What's cool. your walkout song? Uh, I'm going to go Thunderstruck, ACDC. Classic one. <laughs> Favorite cartoon? Date, dating myself a little there. Uh, Simpsons. Simpsons, nice. What's the last TV show you watched? Oh, man. Last TV show I watched. I'm going to say One Strange Rock, although I don't think it's the last one. It's the first one that comes to mind. So it is narrated by... Somebody weird that I'm going to draw a blank on. Somebody super famous and I can't think of it. But anyway, it's just about the earth and all the connections and and um, basically how weird it is that we are where we are. Like the chances of what's happening. Yeah. Like <laughs> basically that's what it's all yeah. about. Last book you read. We already got that one. All right. Just tell us where people can, can find you. Tell us about some of the stuff. You said multiple businesses. So yeah. So if you're just to you know, tell us a little bit about that before we... So on the business side, um, everything is Locomotion Fitness. So at Locomotion Fitness on Instagram, Locomotion Fitness on Facebook. Uh, Those are the big two that we use there. Um, I am also bringing a whey protein, super high quality grass-fed, U.S. made whey and CBD supplement. Again, U.S. made, sourced from Colorado, um, super high quality. It's full spectrum CBD. Uh, and we are bringing that to market. It is called Cubed Protein, uh, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Cubed Supplements because we have some more plans. We're gonna do like a fish oil CBD line as well. We've got some more stuff in the works there. Personally, you can find me probably Instagram's the easiest, Coach J Cohen. Awesome, man. Cool. That was good. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of good rabbit holes in that one. Cool. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget, your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better healthcare and a healthier you is education and empowerment. I feel like we covered that today. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, please follow us on Instagram. If you're listening to the podcast, feel free to tag us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us some comments. Thanks so much.